Hey guys, Travis Greenlee here with Epic Men Radio, rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. So imagine building one of the most successful and fastest growing business training workshops available today. Listen in to learn marketing expert David Perdue's story of overcoming major adversities like living in his car to teaching thousands of entrepreneurs to build more successful businesses. Today's episode of Epic Men Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. You're listening to Epic Men Radio. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to Epic Men Radio. And in today's episode, we're joined by industry-leading marketer David Perdue. As the CEO and Chief Architect of NAMS, Novice to Advanced Marketing System, David has used all of his skills as a journalist, a consultant, and an entrepreneur to build one of the most successful and fastest-growing business training workshops available today. For the past 20 years, he's managed a few of the largest telecom e-commerce mergers and implemented a $30 million project management office for one of the largest wireless companies in America. David, it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you with us, my friend. Well, thank you, Travis. It's always good to talk to you, man. Right on, brother. So, how's By the way, going over that there? sounded just really incredible. That introduction sounded really incredible for, you know, somebody who's been through hell and back like me. <laughs> right? I mean, haven't we all? <laughs> well, you know, I love people actually who've been through hell and back. Oh, man. Yeah, and tell, to tell the story, right? That's I mean, right. to be to the mat and then be back off. And, and a perfect segue because I, I know you've done so many amazing things. Again, I mean, $30 million merger and acquisitions, and you've, you've built one of the most successful marketing companies online. But it hasn't always been this way, has it? No, it has not. Um, you know, I've, I actually, at one point in my, uh, in my life, I was um, between things, let's say, and um, for about three months, and I was bouncing from friend couch to friend couch and sleeping in my car occasionally. Oh, my. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, a, um, it was an old Explorer. Actually, it was a fairly new Explorer, Ford Explorer. This was in 1995. Uh-huh. And um, quick, funny story about that. So um, I'm a, Hurricane Opal in October of 1995 was coming up through the Gulf, and I was living in Atlanta at the time. Atlanta, Georgia, and hurricanes usually don't come up through Atlanta, Georgia. Hurricane Opal was something fierce, and so uh, in the middle of the night, I was sleeping in my friend's house, and I noticed the trees hitting the window on the side of the, of the house, and we got up, and we walked outside and looked. It was about 4 o'clock in the morning, and he looked at me and said, David, you know, you probably should move your truck because it's right by that tree, and I said, okay, and I hadn't even moved an inch yet, and the tree fell and smashed my truck that had everything I owned in it. <laughs> everything I owned in it. So we looked at each other and just laughed because when you stand there with $11 in your pocket and your, your only mode of transportation flattened, you can either put a bullet in your head maybe it's time for something new right that's right, that's right. <laughs> wow though so literally eleven dollars in your pocket living in your car you know you say you're you're only a mode of transportation but it really is it was your home at that it point was my home at that point that's right <laughs> oh my gosh what was that like i mean literally i mean what was that experience like for you well luckily 
I was numb enough by the, um, by the, the, what do you call it? The trauma, the chaos, all of that that was around me that I really didn't panic all that much. And I think it's kind of a blessing when we get to that spot in our lives where you think, you know, it's just not going to get any lower than this. And so it's up from here. Now that may be the way we look at things, right? It's a, it's kind of the way we look at things. Sure. But uh, for me, it was, it was kind of freeing in a way because I thought, you know, it's not going to get any worse than this. What are they going to do? Eat me? You know, so that was it. Oh, by the way, the thing I didn't tell you was at that point, I also owed $256,000 in unsecured debt. Oh, my. So not only $11 in your pocket, living out of your car, but majorly in debt. Majorly. And you, and you still had peace of mind. I mean, you'd be able to get out of bed every morning or I guess get out of your back seat of your car every morning. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, you know, and, the, and I hid for a while. I'll tell you that I just kind of dropped out off the face of the earth for a while. Um, but once I started coming back, I started really putting a plan together on how to do it. And you know how I started coming back? This is interesting. So I'm sitting, I finally was able to rent a room from a friend. Mm -hmm. And I've been in this room for about three months. And I said, okay, I've got to do something. What is it I've got to do? So I went and got the yellow pages. I opened up temporary agencies. Now I had been an executive in a corporation prior to mm -hmm. this, right? I'd had a secretary. I'd had a staff of 36 people. I'd had a, a budget of about $3 million a year. And here I am sitting in this room saying, what am I going to do? I opened up a, a, a temporary uh, in the yellow pages, looked at the first listing of temporary agencies. I called them. I went and had an appointment. They looked at my resume and said, you know, we just do admin work. You don't want this job. And I right. said, you don't understand. I want this job. <laughs> and so um, I got a job. My first job was being a, a secretary to another executive in an insurance company. Wow. I did that for three weeks. Humbling, man. I mean, really, come from where you were, be able to suck it up to that humility, though. But I, I would imagine it gave you, and in terms of a sense of humility, that experience like, like you've never seen before. You've never had. Oh, it, was, it was unbelievable. And I go back, I touched that. You know, we have these things in our life where you go back and you touch it and you think, Oh, that was then. Oh, and I remember that, right? And I remember that. And I look at people that I meet that are in those situations with a completely different understanding. Yep. You know, yep. it's really important to do that. I, I came on the heels of a very successful newspaper career. You know, I was, a, I was kind of a rock star in the newspaper business. Yeah, tell us about that. Um, well, I, right out of college, I was married with two kids. Mm. And uh, I'd been to the service prior to that. And so when I got out of college with a journalism degree, I thought, you know, the job offers I was getting was $140 for a reporter's job. And I thought, I can't feed myself, let alone the kids for sure. this. Yeah. So I bought a newspaper. <laughs> Just for the heck of it, right? <laughs> I bought a newspaper. It was a weekly newspaper. And, uh, and I ran that for about nine months to a year. I had a profit sharing arrangement with it. We grew the, um, we grew the circulation by 130% and we had all kinds of success with it. Um, got awards all over the place for that one year that we had it. And at the end of that year, I was $28,000 in the hole and I gave it back to him. Wow. And so then I went to a, but what it was like was getting a PhD in, in publishing. 
Hmm. because I was the guy who was doing it all. So I went to a major metro after that. They came to me because of what we had done with that little weekly. And I went in as, a, as an assistant managing editor at this major metro in, in New York. And, um, and from that point, for another 15 years, basically, I had a big career in, in metro newspaper business. <laughs> and this little homeless period followed one of those free falls that we have in our life, you know, and I just had a free fall. So what caused the free fall? So everything was going really well, publishing. I mean, you're a rock star. Like you said, things were just really happening for you. What was the, the cause of the free fall? Um, I became way too important. Ah, so it was you. It was self-imposed. It was self-imposed. Hmm. How, tell me about that. What does that mean? Self-imposed and how did it, you know, how did it show up for you? I thought that everything I touched was going to work, was going to be gold. I'd married a woman at that point who had $60 million in the bank. Whoa, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was running with a crowd that, you know, when I went to a dinner, I was sitting next to, um, I was sitting next to uh, the CEO of um, Bank America. Uh-huh. You know, I was just hanging with the right people. That's all I was doing was hanging with the right people. So I always was, I felt like that whatever I did was going to work. So I got careless about what uh, I was doing, right? Uh, yep. And I took way too many risks. And so I, uh, uh, I got in the business. It was a stock photography agency in the mid-90s. And I watched the prices of the stock photography world plummet from the film basis to digital. And right. so when I was getting $267 per picture use for in 1992 was going down to about $10 in 1995 mm. when I sold the company and the company I sold it to went bankrupt two years later, by the way. Mm. Um, and, and now, you know, stock photography is like one of the worst businesses to get into. It's a buck and a half per picture. Right. 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 Wow. So it was a change of the time. So self-imposed, you know, you, you got a little self-absorbed as we do as leaders, you know, the ego took over a little bit and you were got a little uh, arrogant. Uh huh. And, but yeah. what a lesson, right? I mean, cause how old were you at that point when you went through that? Uh, about 35. Okay. So young. So see, great to go through an experience like that at that young age, to be able to set you up for the rest of your life to learn from those experiences really is a gift. I mean, did you see it as a gift? Did you see it as a miracle? So I didn't then, and I think it's hard to see those things as a miracle at the time. Mm. But I will tell you right now that this is something I think about a lot because um, I look back at my life and I used to think when I was younger that all I had were problems, you know, because I love to talk about the problems that I had. Mm. And today I realize I never had a problem. All I had was a stepping stone to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was that is the most exciting thing about living life. Ah, there's you know? a lot of fr- there's a lot of freedom in that, isn't there? Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, whatever you're going through today means nothing because it's you don't even know what it means because it's getting you to tomorrow, whatever it is. And it's and been then- just that way. And, and it's about trust, right? I mean, really being able to trust yourself, trust, trust the future, trust the universe, trust God, you know, whatever it is that you trust, but just be able to, to surrender and to trust. How did you do that? How did you, especially when you're going through it, when it's scary and it's so close to you, you know, you're so absorbed in it. How did you learn to trust in that, that period? So just before um, the homeless thing I told you about, mm. 
And I'm walking around the park, which we do every morning in Atlanta with my wife at the time who had $60 million. And um, she said, David, all I want is a spiritual partner. All I want is a spiritual partner. And I said, I have no clue what you're talking about. I have no idea how to get there. <laughs> right. I do not want any part of that. I have no idea. Hmm. And so then I was shown how to become spiritual by um, losing everything. Right. Right. You think you want to get spiritual. <laughs> yeah. You lose everything and then you start looking for help anywhere, right? And uh, so it's called the foxhole prayers uh, when you start doing that. Um, please, God, I'll never do that again, right? Yeah. If you get me out of this, I promise I'll never do that again. That's I'll right. follow you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just get me the hell out of this thing, right? <laughs> Except the truth is I was raised in a very fundamentalist church when I was a kid, one of those holy roller type churches, right? Mm. And that works for some people. It never worked for me. And so I had this whole prejudice against spirituality and, and religious people at all. Um, and so as I grew up, though, and realized and started looking at stuff, and realized, you know, there is a lot more to this world than I can put my finger on. Mm. And I started looking to some of my heroes. Albert Einstein was one of my spiritual heroes, <laughs> right? Because Albert Einstein, uh, he's, he's one of those guys that said, uh, nothing happens until something moves. That was one good thing. The other thing he said was um, that something about details, that it's really, um, it's all about the details, but the design is divine, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I started paying attention to that, and, um, and I started looking for answers, and I looked everywhere for answers. And what I ended up finding was that my answers were inside, that I didn't have to go to a church to believe in my own spiritual growth. And I practiced that. I practiced spiritual growth, and I respect all spiritual teachings, you know, that's just me. Some people find it in Christianity. Some people find it in Buddhism. Some people find it. I find it everywhere. Mm. Um, so in 2003, um, my wife and I, not the one with $60 million, this is my, the love of my life that I finally have found. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been married 18 years now. In 2002, um, we've been married four years at that point, and she got cancer. Whoa. And you know what that's like. Oh, yeah. Um, I felt like, the, again, the world was dropping out from under me, right? And so um, we decided at that point that we were going to focus on what made us happy. And we decided to sell everything we owned, <laughs> including our house. And we moved to Alabama not knowing what was going to happen. We moved over here to Alabama because this is where she was raised and her mother was here and her mother was 80 years old. We wanted to be of service to her mother. Mm -hmm. And so we moved over here in 2002, uh, a piece of land, 95 acres dropped into my lap. Mm -hmm. uh, I took a year off from consulting at that point and built my own house, a log house on this hill overlooking a stream that's turned into an eight acre lake with a 60 foot waterfall in the back of the land uh, and, you know, it is, it's a dream life for me. Right. It's your, it's your that paradise. Is, yeah. It's also nothing I did, nothing I planned, right? Mm -hmm. It just came to us because we took the right actions. 
Mm-hmm. And it was that moment of clarity. And I think, you know, a lot of us experience that when we go through challenging times, whether it's cancer or bankruptcy or a tree falling on your car slash home. Yep. <laughs> You know, the the challenges that we go through really can be, and and again, we talk about this a lot, the the opening to really what is next for you or what should be next for you if you can surrender and if you can get to that point of just trusting, which isn't easy to do, especially when you're going through those periods. But man, when you come out that other side, just like you've done, just like I've done with my cancer twice, is to, to really get clear about what is important to you. And so was that the shift then, you know, number one was lifestyle for you, you know, your relationship with your wife, being in nature, being able to build your own log cabin or your home. And I love your place, by the way. I mean, I Thank love you. your Thank Facebook and all that is so cool. Follow your lifestyle around. But was that uh, sort of the um, impetus then in creating what you did with NAMS in terms of marketing? You know, how did you make that shift to go from publishing and um, into consulting, into consulting and then into marketing? Yeah. So as I'm building this house, I'm, I'm not consulting. I'm, I've taken a year off. Mm-hmm. As I'm building this house, I think, what's next you know, for me? I'm 55 years old at this point. Mm. Um, I, I know that I've got to do something. Um, I don't want to work for the man the rest of my life. I've been an independent consultant, by the way. I had my own business, but it was always at somebody else's hourly, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought I really would like to have I really like, would like to get back into my own business. I loved having a business. I've always had a business. And I thought, this internet thing seems interesting. So I bought uh, Corey Rudel's oh, yeah. marketing course. Oh, yeah. The pioneer of internet marketing back in the day, right? That's right. That's right. And so I would build the house during the day, study the book at night. Hmm. You know, and that's what I did. It took me two years uh, and a serious investment of money to actually start making any money. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that was a mindset shift. I asked my first mentor, when am I going to start making money? And he said, when do you want to? Mm-hmm. And that was it, right? That's the most important question he ever answered. He ever asked me. Decide. Mm-hmm. Just making yeah. that decision to make a change, make a shift, right. and then That's go right. with it, right? That's right. So, what so that- I loved your four pillars of the uh-huh. epic men. And uh-huh. I loved it that you included the spiritual in that. Because to me... That's been one of the hardest things is as things progress, as things get better all the time, we have to, I have a tendency to forget Mm. that it's all about the surrender piece, right? Mm. I make plans all day long and I I focus on expectations and results. But the truth is that if I'm attached to those results, I'm going to be really disappointed Mm -hmm. because that may not be what's in store for me. Right. You know, that's, we, we talk about an unfulfilled expectation, you know, yeah. having a very specific expectation that you're so attached to, you know, you're so anchored to. And, and if it doesn't work out, oh my God, it, it could be the end of the world, right? I mean, yeah. the upset and so on and so forth. So, so you found a way to let go of that. How does that work for you? Well, let me tell you, this has been a long time building this course. Now, as you know, uh, the, the, the marketing system that we ended up building, I've, I've just completed my 14th workshop. Wow, um, and we've 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 done uh, that's over seven eight years. We've done fourteen workshops, and um, and we've helped a lot of people build a business through this marketing program, and it's information businesses or brick and mortar businesses, whatever it is. Um, but one of the things I always struggled with was people come to you and they have no idea what they really want, mm-hmm. right? 
Mm-hmm. And so I started looking at my own stuff and I thought, this is beginning to feel like a job to me. What do I want? Mm. Right? Mm. And when you start asking those questions, what is it that I really want? I needed a way to figure it out. Right? I needed a way to, a process to go through. So I spent about two years actually working on that process. And that process has turned into a course that we have. I think it's a fundamental foundational course. Mm. And so when I I take on -on one-on-one coaching clients, they can't talk to me until they complete this six-module course. Mm -hmm. Foundational. Come up with something called guiding principles. Mm. You end up with two words that are unique to you Mm -hmm. or special to you. And those guiding principles become, uh, help you create a decision matrix. And this decision matrix is basically a box. Everything inside the box is a hell yes. Hmm. Everything outside the box trying to get in, bright, shiny objects, whatever they are, is a hell no. Hmm. They don't fit the criteria that you set up. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've done. And that's how, I, that's how I stay with it every day. I've got a 300, um, well, it's a four by eight feet, four by eight feet project plan on the wall over here that came out of my execution plan from that process so that I know what I'm knocking off to hit the five areas of my life. And the five areas, by the way, are business, relationships, health, well-being, spiritual, mm-hmm. and money. Mm-hmm. And if one of those goes down, they all go down. If one of those goes up, they all go up. Right. So you want to keep that trend going up in any of those areas because they move together. Mm-hmm. You know this, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I love it. And, and keeping that balance between, you know, we call it an epic man, the pillars, the pillars of strength. And they keep right. that balance between all of them because, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, we can go out and get so focused on making a million dollars or whatever the amount might be. But, man, if we let our health go or we let our spiritual aspects go, it just, it's going to bring down the house That's every exactly single right. time. So you've got this matrix that you do that creates a standard then in terms of what you focus on on a daily basis because I think that's is genius. You know, one of the biggest challenges that I see with the with our tribe and with the clients that we work with is we just there's just so much going on. You know, we're all walking around with ADD these days because there's just so much happening. So, you know, being able to figure out, you know, to get clarity number one, and then to figure out what to focus on. What are the most important things to focus on, and then just drill down on those and not get distracted. So tell me a little bit more about that process, if you will, from more of a tactical perspective. So guys listening in right now saying, oh God, I'm, I'm clearly ADD. I'm clearly overwhelmed. I don't know what I should be working on. I don't know what I should focus on, but we want to get more clarity and, and more focused. How's the process work? Yes, yeah, sure. It's interesting you keep saying get clarity because we haven't talked about this, but um, the, the name of the program is Camp Clarity. Right. So, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's really interesting. That's our entry level into that program. Uh, and it's, it's basically 10 documents, 10 processes inside of six modules. Okay. And we start with core values and people say core values. Right. I've done core values, right? I guarantee you, you haven't done core values the way we, the way we do core values because the core values become the basis of everything that you do. Yep. And I'll give you an example how that, manifests itself in your life. Um, Whenever I do something, for example, I've got a launch going on right now with a partner that I'm working with Mm -hmm. and it's way underpriced and it is, um, it's, it's, it's too much work Mm -hmm. and it's, 
too much late night and all that kind of stuff. Those things are not part of my core values, right? Being underpriced is not part of my core value. Mm. And I'm paying the price right now for not having lived my core value. Mm. Not saying in the beginning, "Mm, I can't do this because it's not part of my core value. So every time I get bit in the butt, it's because I didn't follow through on my own decision matrix. Yep. And I know the cause and I know the effect. Yeah. And, and this is critical, guys. I mean, everybody listening, in, like, like you say, Dave, I mean, we've all heard values and the importance of values, but I can tell you very few people that I work with and probably that you work with as well really understand the importance of it and have taken the time to do the work to get crystal clear. We talk about clarity, crystal clear on what their values are for the importance. You know, you, you'd mentioned, you know, the money thing. My, my issue or my number one value is gratitude. Right? Yep. So I sat down, I did the work. I know that when I'm in a place of being grateful, you know, gratitude equals love for me. So when I'm being grateful, man, the world shines. I'm, I'm grateful for my dog and for my wife and the sunshine and the lifestyle and the freedom and just all the wonderful stuff. When you're focusing on gratitude, especially for me and others being number one value, the world sings. But when I get into that place, as we all do of, oh, it's not enough. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to hit the numbers this month. I'm a little short or what's going on here or what's missing, what's broken, what's wrong. We start focusing on the exact opposite of gratitude and what begins to show up. More problems, more challenges, more frustrations. You know, it goes back to that whole having an expectation and an unfulfilled expectation just brings on angst, overwhelm, upsetness, fear, all those negative emotions that take us away from, from a spiritual perspective, yeah. you know, live in the life that we truly can live. So I'm glad that you brought that up values. So what's next beyond values? So um, beyond that, we, the, the 10, I'll just run through the 10 processes really quickly tell you what they are. And it's yep. just a highlight. It is core values. Then you work on your vision statement. We have a vision worksheet. This is not a, uh, This is not a vision statement per se as much as it is a worksheet in all five of those areas that we talk about. And I'll give you a hint. The key phrase in this is, and then what? And the key, that key phrase helps you identify all the way through the end, what the action steps are that you have to take. So that's a very key phrase. Um, And then we work on your only statement and your only statement is basically what makes me unique in the world and in the marketplace right? So if you're doing branding for yourself, if you can't differentiate yourself from everybody else, you can't brand yourself or you can't brand yourself successfully. Mm -hmm. So what is it that makes you unique? What do you bring? The next thing is those guiding principles that we talked about, getting to the two words from the core values that we helped you walk all, you know, you start with hundreds, you walk down and you, you separate and you identify and you categorize until you get to two words. You carry those two words around and mine are freedom and flexibility. It's so important to me to be able to do what I want, when I want, with my family. And it's really important to me that I have the flexibility of time to be able to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So those are mine. Um, Then we look at your assets. You know, I'm not talking about your money or your stock holdings or any of that. What do you bring to the table? What's the asset that you're bringing to the table? Uh, Your current state. You know, this is from the consulting world. You know this. Mm -hmm. What's your current state? Where are you right now? And one of the questions we, we ask people in here is, what do you want? And, or people will complain to me, you know, I don't know how I ended up here. This is not really what I want. And I always say to them, you know, look at what you got, because that's what you want, because you always get what you want. Right. Always. So right. let's change what you want, right? Mm-hmm. So that's current state. 
Then the next thing, and I mentioned this earlier to you before we got on, the most important thing I do is called subtraction, not addition. It's called the dumping ground in our process. What's not working? Sometimes it's relationships. I, we went through a process, my wife and I went through a process where we looked at all of our friendships and said, who's really a friend to us? Mm. And who's just kind of like sucking time? <laughs> and so, you know, we dumped them. <laughs> and you do it you do it gently but you have to make decisions right a gentle dump you know like old girlfriends high school girlfriends you know you do it gently <laughs> you know, well, someday they come to my facebook page and know by the way we're not friends anymore <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay that's okay okay and then after the after the dumping ground you're really clear right you're seeing the future at this point so the next step is the future state where do you want to be? What does it look like? Start visioning that and, picture, and picturing that out. Uh, and then the last thing is the execution plan. So what you've done along this way is identify the end state, and we're working backwards based on that and then what statement, because those are your milestones yes. in all five areas of your life. And if you achieve all the things you want to achieve in those five areas of your life, it's a happy life. Right. Even if you're working toward them. Because, by the way, that vision statement probably leads you somewhere you do not believe there's any way possible for you to get today. Right, right. And that's kind of the dream. you got to have the dream, man. Yeah, exactly. The vision, the dream, the vision, and then the plan, the execution plan to get you there. You know, what are going to be the different steps? I love this, though, the foundational aspects of gaining clarity and getting really clear on what you want for yourself, what you want for your family, what you want for your health, for your business, for your finances, looking at all four pillars of strength. And keeping that balance, keeping that equilibrium between all of them. Fantastic stuff, David. And so I'm curious now, if our guys wanted to reach out to you, because again, you've got lots of stuff going on. You've got this program. You've got other yeah. things to be able to support people with, with not only marketing, but with you know personal growth, getting clear in their lives and what they want in these different areas. Where should people go to learn more about you and, and possibly hire you as well? Yeah, so I'm going to send you, because like I said, uh, the key is for everybody who comes into our program, we want them to take the Clarity Program first, mm -hmm. the entry-level Clarity Program first. And um, I'm going to send you over to that uh, just to take a look. Okay. We've got a video that talks about it on the page and everything. And that is nams.ws. That's N-A-M-S dot W-S forward slash Clarity. And that's it. You'll go over there and take a look at what we've got there. Uh, and you'll have an opportunity to sign up for any of our free training as well. So we would love to have people come and visit. I can't tell you how excited I am about this program because to me, it's the most important thing I've ever done. Wow. Well, that's saying a lot, my friend. I mean, you had a, a, a very distinguished career up to this point. So saying that this is the best, man, there must be a lot behind it. I can't wait to sink my teeth into it. And guys listening, I would highly recommend you check it out as well. David, thank you, brother. Thanks for listening to Epic Men Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. Be sure to share Epic Men Radio with other men in your tribe so no one will ever miss a single empowering episode. You can find us at epicmen.com. Epicmen.com.